Welcome to Podlands, the last word in podcasting news. It's Thursday, the 28th of April, 2022. I'm James Cridland, the editor of podnews.net. And I'm Sam Sethi, the MD of River Radio. Hi, Neil Modi here, CEO and one of the founders of Headliner. I'll be on the show later to talk about all things Headliner, Disco, and Edit Eddie. And I'm Tom Billington, and later I'll be talking about the podcast show 2022 in London. They will. Podland is sponsored by Buzzsprout, podcast hosting made easy. Last week, 3,448 people started a podcast with Buzzsprout. You can too at buzzsprout.com. And Buzzsprout also supports chapters and transcripts, so we do too. Excellent. Now, on this week's show, James, I think we'll have to talk about a few things. Certainly Spotify's uh, new video uh, with Anchor. Substack getting into podcasting. Yes. Apple Collections now. I, I'm, I'm going to ask a lot of questions there of you. And Twitter's acquisition by himself, Elon Musk. Oh, yes. But let's kick off with uh, Spotify snuck out, which I think is quite a big story, really. That Anchor is now going to support video. What's your thoughts? What's happening? Go on, tell me all. Yes, they're, they're kind of supporting video, aren't they? It's, it's a proprietary video podcast. Uh, it's Anchor users in the US, Canada, New Zealand, Australia and the UK, five countries which speak English, with the exception of Canada, who also speak French, of course. Um, why aren't they in Ireland as well, you, you would ask? But anyway... What uh, you did, actually, was you went and created a video. Um, you went and put one up. Now... The only thing is I had to log in because if you're not logged in, you don't see the video. But what was your experience of creating and publishing that video? It was quite um, easy, as Anchor is. Uh, Anchor's got very good user experience, um, so it's very good and very easy to understand how to do it. But yeah, so I made a 73 megabyte file in QuickTime uh, on this Mac here. Uploaded it onto Anchor, and um, yeah, and it plays within the Spotify web player as long as you are signed in. It seems to play in a WebM format on Chrome. I went to have a quick look at the at the details, and uh, yeah, and shrunk it down to about uh, two meg um, of of a file. Um, and, um, you know, it all worked perfectly happily and all appeared pretty fast, I thought. Is WebM related to WebP? I mean, is that the equivalent, is that the multimedia format, video format, just as WebP is for JPEGs? Yeah, absolutely. So WebP is, is a picture for the web, and WebM is a movie for the web. So um, they're, um, it's an open standard. I think Google had something to do with it. I think it's basically Google um, trying to get um, into Apple's domain of, um, you know, Apple's doing HEVC and all kinds of weird and wonderful uh, video codecs. And I think uh, Google um, dived into that. So WebM is the format that it uses. Now, um, Safari doesn't support WebM, uh, nor does it support WebP. So instead, um, I had a look at this uh, on Spotify in the Safari browser, and that played a different format uh, video file. It played an MPEG-2 uh, file in um, a number of different uh, segments. So that works quite nicely. Um, but um, And if you get the RSS feed, so if you're listening outside of um, Spotify and you just get the normal Anchor RSS feed, then all you get to see in there is audio because the video is exclusive to Spotify. So that's very different from a typical video podcast. And I think that's the difference here. You know, you can get lots of different shows as video podcasts, 
Um, this is not doing that. This isn't a video podcast. This is essentially a way to add an exclusive bit of video onto Spotify. But, you know, um, having said that, it seems to work quite nicely. Now, Riverside announced that they'd done an integration with Anchor um, so that you could do one-click publishing from Riverside straight into Anchor and supposedly, therefore, straight up onto Spotify. Um, did you try that? Um, I didn't try that. Um, I'm sure that uh, our friends at Riverside would have liked me to have uh, had a play with that. I didn't actually give that a go. Although I did notice in Riverside when I was using that, we're recording on Squadcast today, but uh, I did notice on Riverside that um, it's plastered with um, Spotify stuff in there now, um, saying how much you can do with them and uh, Spotify. So, you know, good for them, and I hope that they enjoy spending their Thirty-five million dollars. Uh, well, what earth are they going to spend that on? Who knows? <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> great I mean, office. Yeah. <laughs> no. Wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so I didn't. I didn't have a play with that. But I thought that was a very clever move from Spotify to basically go not just this is the system that we've got, but also here's a tool that you can use to get the video in there. Um, so very clever. Uh, thing I'm, I'm almost surprised why Spotify hasn't just gone and bought them. Well, maybe that's what the 35 million is for to increase the valuation of Riverside by the VCs before the acquisition by Spotify. That's often done in the VC oh, world. Okay. Oh, cool. So you know it's exciting, but it's just on Spotify. Spotify has about 25% market share. Um, or so, and so you won't see the video anywhere else, um, and it only works if you're signed in. The interesting thing is it does work, I believe, on embedded players on Spotify, uh, but you still need to be signed in in order to actually see it, so it doesn't necessarily work too well that way. Yeah, I did try, actually, the Riverside. Um, the, it's not quite as integrated as I had hoped. So you have to export it, wait for a process video, then click on a link. Then it gives you the option after you've done that to mm. uh, publish it. But also, just to be f um, uh, something that I totally passed us by, but prior to Spotify, they'd already got a one-click publishing to Transistor as well. Ah, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's that's interesting. Because Transistor is a podcast host that supports video, as quite a lot of people do. And that, of course, means that you can get into every single podcast app that supports video, like Apple Podcasts. You may have heard of that one. Um, or Pocket Casts, or Podcast Addict, or lots of other ones. Actually, I'm not sure that Podcast Addict does, but I'm, I, w I would imagine that they do. And there are quite a few people uh, doing that. It's expensive to serve video. Um, and it's also quite difficult in, in uh, you know, quite a few different ways. But, um, yeah, you know, uh, I, I, think, I think, you know, proper video podcasting, if you like, um, hasn't gone away. What this is, though, is th this Spotify thing isn't proper video podcasting. It's just, um, it's just a proprietary thing, which is why I've used the proprietary word a lot in pod news while talking about it, because it's kind of important that way. So a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, on Buzzcast with um, Alban and Kevin, and we were amazing about um, YouTube and adding video into YouTube. And I did ask them the question, you know, will Buzzsprout support video now? Well, now that Anchor is supporting video, even if it is proprietary, 
Um, what does that mean for Buzzsprout, Libsing and, you know, Captivate and all the other hosts? Are they going to have to support video now? Because otherwise, will people just simply go, well, if you don't support video, we're going to anchor? Yeah, I mean, uh, you can well see that this is going to be a marketing issue for them. And they probably need to make it really clear that Spotify videos only work in Spotify, not in anywhere else. Um, you can actually go back in the spot in the anchor um UX, you can actually go back and replace audio with video, which is quite cool. Um, so you can end up doing a, a little bit of that. Obviously, Buzzsprout can't support Spotify video because it's a Spotify Anchor exclusive thing, so there's no opportunity there. Um, th the other thing just to sort of point out is that Spotify is making different versions of these video files for different platforms. So I mentioned WebM um, and the MPEG-2 thing that they've uh, done for Safari and presumably for their iOS app as well, because iOS, I don't believe, supports WebM uh, quite yet. So... They are providing different versions of the video files, much like YouTube does, and that essentially means it's caching the video. And the podcast industry has spent the last three years shouting at Spotify for caching audio and, you know, getting passed through and everything else. For video, there are real benefits in transcoding video files in different ways. And obviously for video, there are real benefits in having Spotify pay for the bandwidth, not your podcast host. Um, so it's kind of a little bit different, but it does sort of remind me that Buzzsprout is, is an interesting podcast host because it does transcode the audio. So if we wanted to, and um, you know, I, I certainly have done this in the past, you can upload a WAV file to Buzzsprout, and it won't give people the WAV file because that would be silly. It transcodes it down to, in our case, 192K stereo MP3 file, uh, which sounds great. And that just means that nothing can go wrong. You can't upload the wrong type of audio file. It will automatically transcode it over. Buzzsprout's very good at doing that. Actually, quite a few other podcast hosts don't, because quite a few other podcast hosts somehow think that it's a good thing to leave the audio of the podcaster alone. And I'm not sure it is a good thing. And I think that there are um, quite a few good reasons why a podcast host should be taking audio from a podcaster and then, um, you know, packaging it up in the right codec for the right um, individual uh, platforms. Um, so I think there's a big difference there between audio and what Spotify is doing with this video, because they're essentially making a bunch of different versions for different platforms, as you would kind of expect, you know, YouTube uh, doing and everything else. Now. What's Apple going to do, James, in response to this? Now, we know that the new media show, for example, Todd and uh, Rob's show, uh, is available on Apple as a video, so you can see it as a separate hmm. feed. Um, and so they already support it, but it's not something that people have done regularly. You don't go on to, to Apple Podcasts and find hundreds of videos. Will they make it more prominent now in response to Spotify? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Who knows? Um, they've not talked about it in the past, but there again, they've not talked about much of their advanced stuff in the past. They only started talking about chapters 
in an amazing coincidence just before their ex-boss started launching a thing all about the, the, the used chapters, which was just an amazing... Pure coincidence. Pure, pure, pure coincidence. Um, but, uh, you know, so that's when they've started talking about chapters. It, it wouldn't surprise me if there was something on the Apple Podcasts blog, which is um, uh, quite uh, active at the moment. It wouldn't surprise me if there was something explaining how to use video and what their recommended video formats are for Apple Podcasts um, because the app supports it very uh, happily. Um, there's a really good podcast, I, by the way, I should recommend, which is only available in video. It's called Media Watch. It's from the ABC here, here in Australia. If you like your media news, then you will love this. It's um, 15 minutes, uh, very well put together and worthwhile uh, grabbing but that works absolutely fine in apple podcasts and in pocket casts and in you know proper podcast apps i think the only big podcast app where video doesn't work is google podcasts um, and i think it just plays the audio and it, it doesn't quite know what to end up doing with that yeah now one of the technologies that the podcast index have been talking about is this alternative enclosure tag which was meant to allow in the RSS feed multiple different feeds. So originally, when we talked about it a few months back, you were talking about uh, different rates of, um, so 192 kilobits per second stereo, and then maybe an um, or you know a much lower. Was it, is it Orbis the other format? Yeah, uh, Opus. Yeah, Opus. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, you know, the, the alternate enclosure tag to me seems to make much more sense. So what you're basically saying is here is this podcast. It's available as, you know, audio as a, as a, uh, as a default. Um, but it's also available in these other formats as well. And it's available in this video format. It's available in this uh, Opus format for a very low bit rate if you want to download that one instead and save your data costs. Um, this is, I think, one of the, uh, the best new tags that the podcast namespace has been working on is that alternate enclosure tag. Um, and I think it's a real benefit if podcast apps were to support that. That essentially means that you don't have a new media show, open brackets, video, close brackets, as well as a new media show, which is the audio version, in, in you know, clogging up Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, the use of the alternate enclosure tag is, I think, very clever. Um, and it's probably something that is worthwhile you know, um, having a bit more of a push about, I think. Hmm. Final sort of question. With the Spotify, potentially YouTube, maybe Apple, um, video and audio options, could you be watching a video version of a podcast, stick it in your pocket, and it goes to the audio? Is that going to ever happen, or will it only play one stream and... And then you have to start the other stream separately. Well, if you use uh, YouTube Music, then that already happens. So there's a little toggle switch that says video or audio. And you can listen to a song and you put your phone in your pocket and uh, click the button that says audio. And it just gets the audio uh, uh, feed. So it's already happening in YouTube Music, which is interesting because it, it might mean that it, it could happen in... Uh, YouTube, um, whatever they're doing in terms of podcasting. You can also do that, in, by the way, on Netflix as well. Um, and I think you could only do that if you were using the alternate enclosure tag so that you could actually signal to the app 
This is the same file, but it's available in a different format. Um, and I think that would work really well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that would be the ideal, rather than if you want to keep on listening to this show in audio, then you'll have to go and find a different a different RSS feed. That doesn't make an awful lot of sense. Final question then on this. Uh, can you monetize these videos, James? Well, I think this is going to be a really interesting thing because I am convinced, I mean, all of the problems w that Spotify has had recently with um, moderation and making sure that podcasts contain, um, you know, that don't contain misinformation, whatever misinformation is, I think it's going to be really interesting because, yes, you can monetize videos. And the people who monetize videos mostly are scantily clad ladies who take off more of those clothes and charge men for the privilege, mostly men, for the privilege of that. And I am fascinated to learn how Spotify plans to, um, uh, you know, to make sure that essentially paid for anchor videos aren't essentially just used for porn in the future. <laughs> that <laughs> you would, would shock a lot of think, people. Yeah, you would kind of think that that's probably going to happen and they must have a plan. Um, I know that YouTube has, you know, obviously an incredible amount of plans there too. Um, so, uh, you know, they, they obviously understand how to um, stop, uh, mostly how to stop the porn from appearing on YouTube. Um, so presumably Spotify have the same technology, do they? And what happens if you start charging people? Would Spotify be very happy? They're going to start charging, by the way, next year, 5%. They're going to take a 5% fee. Um, will they be happy to take 5% from, you know, a young lady in Eastern Europe taking her clothes off for... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know for 20 bucks a month james i think for the sake of research you should just wear a mankini do a video and see what happens next <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> it might also by the way explain why the mp in the house of commons was watching porn it must have been a mistake he was probably trying to just watch a podcast I didn't think that MPs were allowed phones in in the, in the House of Commons. That's that's the thing that I'm I'm most confused about. It's not it's not the fact that he was watching porn. It's the fact that he was playing with phones. I didn't think that they were allowed to. But anyway, well, he was playing with something. Now oh. moving on. <laughs> moving on. Oh, now, um, any more news from the uh, jungle drums about YouTube? Uh, uh, it all seems to have gone quiet on that front. It, it, it all seems to have gone very quiet. Um, uh, my contact at YouTube um, is uh, not responding to anything I'm sending him, um, which is interesting. <laughs> he, but... probably didn't, he probably didn't realise page 85 gave all the details away <laughs> when he sent it to you. But we have news on that um, because we will be going, we'll both be going to podcast, to the podcast show 2022, which is in London in mid-May. And it turns out that YouTube is sponsoring a track there. YouTube is uh, one of the main sponsors. Um, mm. So I thought I would go and uh, have a quick chat with Tom Billington, who is the man who is organising uh, the podcast show uh, 2022. He's organising all of the speakers. I thought that I would find out from him, firstly, what the show is, what it's all about, who the people behind the show are, but also, secondly, 
I thought I'd find out what YouTube were also doing as well. Um, so I talked to him about the podcast show 2022. The podcast show 2022 in London is a festival that is the, in the inaugural year focused on what's next for the podcasting industry. It's coming together of the international podcasting community in London. Um, we've got a two-day industry event at the Business Design Centre in Islington uh, on the 25th and 26th of May. And that's for the industry. So no matter what you do within the industry, whether you're a new creator, seasoned professional working in advertising, branding, all the support teams, this is for you. We're bringing it um, to the heart of London. Um, feels like there's good momentum around the show. We've got the big platforms like Spotify and YouTube and Acast, Amazon Music, as well as um, Global players within the broadcasting industry, NPR, um, the BBC and Global funnily enough um to learn more about yeah podcasting and do business as well in addition we've got a nighttime program for the fans so this is a week-long celebration of of live podcasts across Islington running from the 23rd to the 29th of May as well so you've got two days for the business and then a week-long celebration for the fans yeah that's great so um some of the people doing some of those shows include uh, Kermode and Mayo yeah doing their brand new show with uh, uh Sony Music which should be really good really good to uh to end up seeing uh, them live who else is uh, going to be doing live live, live uh, shows so in the evenings we've got British Scandal um, we've got Feel Better Live More with Dr Rangan Chatterjee Happy Place with Fern Cotton Comfort Eating with Grace Dent the Receipts Podcast Red Handed Ellis James and John Robbins from, from the BBC as well. So there's a good mix um, across the board. And, and with those, um, we've taken over different venues within Islington. So the Union Chapel, um, which is a beautiful 900-seater mm. um, old church. It's is brilliant. Yeah, and then Islington Assembly Hall as well, um, and some within the Business Design Centre where the daytime programme's taking place. So a mixture of venues um, and, and live shows, which we're excited to be a part of the programme. And and you say, you know, it's for anybody in the industry of podcasting, the daily events. In terms of, you know, is, is it for creators? Is it for people who are producing shows? Or is it more around the industry? Um, uh, who, who's the type of person that should end up going? It's really for, for the daytime in particular, the, the three audience types that we're looking looking at is the new the creator. So, that, so if you're um, particularly on the newer end, there's um, there's areas at the outside of the program, things like the creators' corner that we've got created uh, on the show floor, which will be an opportunity for people to network with the industry. So, if you're if you're just starting out um, and you want to get advice or mentorship, then the creators' corner is for you to have a networking opportunity. We also will be appealing and getting professionals down, so there'll be networking opportunities after short drinks. A big part of what we want to do is have the opportunity to bring the industry to, together to network for the first time. You know, we've all been locked down for a long time, so this feels like a moment of getting people mm -hmm. together, providing that platform, building new relationships hopefully business will be done as well that's a big part for the show and we in the journey that we've had developing the program 
brands and advertisers has been a big part of um, an audience group that we want to bring in as well. So we've partnered with the IAB um, to create sessions during the day, but also Campaign Magazine are going to be sponsoring an area that we've got called Bramworks. So that's um, a 70-seater theatre on the show floor when you walk into the Business Design Centre specifically aimed at brands and those that have spent in the area or created content and work with production houses um, and those that are looking to get into the space as well so that is is an area that we really want to nurture so the new creators established professionals and the brands as well how many people are you expecting so we've got capacity for 3,000 per day at the business design center um, and that's what we're aiming for, really. It's an, it's an unknown because it's the first year that we've done it. So it's an interesting mm. experiment to see how many people are in the podcasting industry within the UK and internationally wanting to come over for the show. Um, but that's the aim, yeah. 3,000 a day. And it's the first uh, real podcast conference in the UK. There have been a few other, you know, much smaller things just for creators. Um, podcast Day 24 was... Uh, last in person a couple of uh, years ago i'm looking forward to um taking part in podcast day 24 here in australia late, later on in the year but this is the first really big yeah. uh, event you were at um podcast movement evolutions i'm sure that you picked up a few a few interesting uh, tips there what did you think of the mm. uh, of, of podcast movement evolutions i really enjoyed it loved it and it was again you realize uh, my takeaways were um you realize how well connected the industry is on a global scale as well so you know these the influx of the big players within the space the likes of spotify and um amazon and youtube now as well and you see the key people um on the global stage and we're we're hoping mm. to bring and we will be bringing those over to the, the podcast show in addition to that which which i thought um podcast movement evolutions did really well was the networking side of it as well and it that was a big takeaway of how important that is for the community um, to have the, that time to talk, to do business, to collaborate as well. I absolutely love that. I mean, we walked away mm. with, you know, pocketfuls of business cards and ideas of what we can do. Yeah, podcast movement, you know, really well established, brilliant event. Um, and the community that they've built around that show, yeah, fantastic. And we, you know, hope to replicate. And that that's a big learning for us. And so we've got, you know, after show parties, drinks during the day, having opportunities for people when they come together for the show for the two days for the business event to to gather, to collaborate with each other. That's the big win for us, really. Mm. You know, that if people walk away having done business and for me, to meet for the first time some of the, you know, the clients and the community that they've potentially worked with before or they've communicated in you know virtually but not had that chance to meet then that's the platform we want to build really and you say we the podcast show 2022 in london seems to have kind of have come from nowhere who's behind it and has that has the team organized anything in the past yeah so it's um the the two festival directors are jason carter 
and Tim Etchells. Um, Jason Carter has had um, a, a very established career at the BBC over 20 years at the live events, um, leading the live events department there across BBC Radio, launching shows like Radio One's Big Weekend, um, the Six Music Festival, One Extra Live, and the Teen Awards, many big shows. Um, and Tim Etchells has spent 30 years launching um, business-to-business shows as well around the world. So Tim's developed um, Top Gear Live and run that London Fashion Week, the BBC Good Food Show as well. So it's the the parallels and, and the combination of those two in you know an events and a and a music space with the business-to-business element of, of what Tim's bringing in as well. It feels like it's a good mix. And within the show, mm. you know, we think about this a lot. There's the conference element and the business element, but creating the festival sort of feel and the vibrancy of a music festival and bringing that into the space feels our unique play and something that we've been putting a lot of effort into it as well. Um, and then my background is is production and audio so i spent 13 years at the bbc working across radio um, and running teams in specialist and daytime uh, content there radio one one extra and radio two uh, amongst other places and launching podcasts and, and running events as well so it feels like we've got a good core team and experience mm. to to move into the into the space um and it feels exciting, you know, with the growth of podcasting over the over the past couple of years as well that we've seen launching this in London. Um, it feels like a very timely event um, and we're looking forward to it, you know, bringing it around in May. Yeah, no, indeed. And uh, Pod News is a media partner and certainly all of the, um, you know, all of the chats that I've been having with the, w- with the team, you know, super impressive, the amount of organisation which is going into this. So massively looking forward to it. Um, two more questions. Firstly, what are YouTube uh, going to be announcing then? <laughs> well, you buy a ticket. I mean, you're going to be there on the front row, I'm, I'm sure. So we, YouTube is it's a fantastic partnership that we've got there. So they... Um, are they've got four content spaces and we're announcing the program um very soon of who will be there and what they will bring but like the noise around um podcast movement evolutions we will wait and see to see what they want to bring and and see what they will announce and what they will be talking about i think it'll be yeah it'll be fantastic to have them there we're excited amongst all the other partners with you know that we've got on board as well yeah and i was going to ask you the other question who are you most looking forward to i'm sure you're looking forward to everything but uh, if you could if you can uh, stop worrying about running the entire conference yeah. and just go and see one thing what would that be i think there's the it's a tough question that in there of one thing we've got over 150 panels and masterclasses during the day i think um wow. to kick off on day one we've got guest curators of my dad wrote upon all the, the presenters um they are hosting a number of sessions throughout day one the the opening session on day one is alice levine in conversation with um louis theroux 
um, and Emily Maitlis as well. That session title is Interview the Interviewer. So there's a lot to unpack in that session. Um, you know, with Emily moving over from the BBC to Global and launching the podcast there, um, Louis Theroux, him moving into the podcasting space um, throughout lockdown and his experience of, of what that means to him and what he's going to do moving forward as well. So if I was going to choose one, it would be that. But there's so much as well yeah. to come. Now, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So the podcast show 2022 is in London on the 25th and the 26th of May. And the podcast show live 2022, which is all of those live podcast shows that you can go and see, are from the 23rd to the 29th of May. Uh, tickets are available at thepodcastshowlondon.com. And if you use the promo code PODNEWS, there may be some discount tickets left for for you uh, where you can uh, save a bit of cash um, and if you save a bit of cash that means you have to buy me a nice pint of London Pride which I'm very much looking forward to having for the first time in two and a half years <laughs> that'd be a fantastic thing um, Tom thank you so much for your time I really appreciate it and I look forward to seeing you in London in May thank you James we can't wait to welcome you over it's going to be great Tom Billington not answering the question about what YouTube were going to be announcing, although it d- didn't didn't sound as if he knew. To be frank, uh, <laughs> there we are. Mm. James, fool me once and it's my fault. Fool me twice and it's your fault. Now, YouTube, please don't fool us twice. <laughs> don't come to an event, say you're going to make some big announcements, or everyone think you're going to make some big announcements, and then you do a fluff puff piece on how great your platform is with one of your customers. Now, I'm not sure that they're going to do that this time, because I am not even sure that they're actually speaking. They are sponsoring a, a, a particular track at the conference, and I think that makes perfect sense. Um, in terms of um, whether or not they'll be saying anything at the conference, we don't know. Um, they may be, they may not be. So uh, it'll be interesting to uh, find out. But uh, I hope that they've got some good announcements and I hope that the Spotify announcement this week has spurred them on to make an announcement which is bigger and better than uh, Spotify. That would be a good thing. Let's just take a quick break. Welcome to High Street Matters, a regular podcast from Byra, the British Independent Retailers Association. My name's Steve Dyson, and I'm a journalist who's interviewing top business owners and experts here at Byra about issues which impact independent retailers today. We'll be talking to a cross-section of our members from around the UK, from single retail outlets to small chains, and from large department stores to leisure and hospitality. We plan to provide top tips to help businesses stay ahead of the retail curve. High Street Matters. Thanks for listening. Now, one of the things you wrote about was the migration uh, of podcasts from one platform to the other. And you seem to note that Podbean has seen a large number of migrations away from its service. And also uh, a lot of them are moving to Anchor. What else is going on in the world of podcast migration? Yeah, it's it's interesting. So this is a page on the Pod News website which is automatically watching podcasts when they change from one platform to another. 
Uh, it runs on the sample of shows which are in uh, Pod News. And there have been a lot of migrations recently away from Podbean for some reason. I don't know why. A large amount of those making their way to Anchor. It doesn't seem to be a large network or anything else, but um, they appear to have um, uh, they appear to have lost quite a few uh, customers, and I'm not quite sure why that is. If anybody knows, uh, then please do let us know. Comments at podland.news. Um, also, uh, spotting that AfterBuzz TV, which is a podcast network of sorts, uh, switched from Anchor over to Megaphone, Spotify's Anchor, to Spotify's Megaphone. Um, and uh, iHeart uh, have um, been doing the uh, not surprising at all thing of moving away from Spotify's Megaphone to iHeart's Omni Studio. Uh, over the last um, uh, couple of uh, weeks as well. Um, so, yeah, there's, ju- there's just an awful lot of change at the moment happening uh, in the world of uh, podcast hosting, which is, um, yeah, just sort of a surprising amount of uh, churn there. It'll be interesting to see if people move over because of Anchor's video, because clearly that's what Spotify want people to do, and that's why they're keeping it proprietary within the Spotify wall garden. So... Yeah, but but also interesting that, of course, it's only Anchor. It's not even Spotify's Megaphone has access to the video. So um, not quite sure what the, what the deal is there. And if I was a, you know, I don't know, I was a Jordan Harbinger, or, uh, you know, who's producing video as well as uh, audio for some of my output, then, you know, I, I wouldn't be on Anchor. I'd be on, on the Megaphone platform. So you would imagine that Megaphone are going to be relatively quick in terms of the video in future Mm, well maybe that'll come next now uh this week we also got to find out about spotify's financial results uh they just released them for q1 2022 uh what was the headline news james well the headline news is more people using it which is interesting you remember that uh, netflix saw a a decline in the amount of uh, paid subscribers you remember also that the infinite dial reported a decline in the amount of podcast listeners um, Spotify, um, that, everything's going great guns there. I mean, even um, even Music Business Weekly, which is a normally a very critical um, uh, website about um, about uh, Spotify, uh, ended up being quite um, you know happy with uh, what they saw uh, in terms of um, podcasting directly. They um, are talking about the number of monthly active users going up uh, in terms of those. Engaged with podcast content, their definition of engaged is have listened to at least one millisecond of a podcast, by the way. Um, And podcast consumption rates grew in the double digits year on year. Um, Does that mean it's up 10% or up 80%? Who knows? And um, and podcast share of overall consumption hours on our platform reached another all-time high. Uh, So everything appears to be going very well for uh, Spotify. I'm not necessarily sure that the stock market agrees. Um, but um, but I think you know in terms of um, in terms of their uh, news, it all seemed to be pretty positive from my point of view. Yeah, well, the Spotify stock reached its lowest ever point, um, so that's not good news. It, it's interesting. I uh, my daughter's doing her mm. final dissertation, and one of those is she's actually doing it on Spot- Spotify and podcasting. Um, I wonder why she did that. Now, um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Um, But what was interesting when I started to sit down with her and talk to her about it, actually, some of the Spotify strategy does make a lot of sense when you start to um, 
stripped back you say what's their primary goal well it's subscribers mm. so how are they doing that well they had music then they had podcasts now they're going to add books then they're going to add live then they're going to add other things porn porn yes <laughs> you heard it here first um but it, it's all going towards one thing which is to get more monthly active users and subscribers and the proprietary nature of it doesn't really worry them and, it, and if i was them it wouldn't worry me either because fundamentally i don't really care about the industry i care about one single metric that is number of subscribers to platform and the amount of time they stay on that platform and if it mm. means that video is only available inside my platform that is exactly what i would do i wouldn't make it an open standard and i wouldn't uh, support other platforms yeah no it's it's very much um a you know a, a, a very proprietary move and you know and that's absolutely right for the investors it's not so good for the industry but it's absolutely right for for their investors so yeah i think it makes a bunch of sense it is interesting though seeing you know there they are driving down the proprietary lane on the highway um but they've also launched a fund in a blaze of press release <laughs> oh they've launched another fund this one is going to support open source software apparently um i'm looking forward to them supporting our friends at the podcast index um which i'm sure they're going to do um uh, and and also frankly i'm looking forward to them actually paying something out of this fund the last fund that they <laughs> launched they didn't pay anything out of at all made for a lovely press release but that was about as far as we got so i will be monitoring this one like a hawk uh, to find out exactly whether they do end up uh, spending some money on open source software and what open source software are they going to be spending some money on who knows mm. watch this space he will be watching now um <coughs> Now, uh, moving on, Substack, we talked about last week, was getting into podcasting when it seems there's more details about what they're doing. They've improved their podcast player. It's an iOS app. Um, they've updated it. It has full screen podcast player, speed controls, accessibility playback options, and a customizable play next queue. Uh, all sounds mm. very exciting. Will you be using the Substack podcasting app, James? Uh, I won't, um, partially because I've got no idea what podcasts will be on there. They're just podcasts that are hosted on Substack. Um, I must say, by the way, if you are a company like Substack and you are announcing accessible playback options as being a feature, then you should hang your head in shame. That should be a very basic to make sure that everybody can actually use your product. Um, boo, Substack. But anyway, there we are. Um, yes, uh, iOS app, which now looks quite smart. Uh, an Android app is coming soon, as all of the worst companies always end up saying. Are you sure? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's what it says. You <laughs> keep betting what on these things. What it says on the, uh, on the thing, uh, it, says, uh, it says Android coming soon. Um, they've actually announced that Android's coming soon, whereas Apple, of course, as we know, haven't <laughs> announced anything <laughs> like that yet. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting. And you spotted a uh, quite uh, smart thing about uh, Substack that they announced earlier on in the year, didn't you? Yeah, I was just sort of reading the forums about, you know, what they're doing with Substack. And lo and behold, one of their product managers said, uh, yeah, video is in beta for Substack and you can learn more about it at, well, we'll put it in the show notes. It's on Substack.com forward slash P forward slash video on Substack. So, and it's mm. imminently due as well. So what are they going to do with video as well? It seems everyone's got video. Porn. <laughs> 
That's what they're going to do, obviously. I can um, see a title for I this mean, podcast forming. But <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Nobody will ever be able to download the thing. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, yes. I mean, again, you know, paid for video, uh, you know, uh, paid for video that is um, user generated. It's, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, Substack, um, you know, appears to be doing pretty well in terms of paid for writing, in terms of paid for audio um, and uh, potentially adding video as well is going to be interesting. Um, uh, you know, you own your own email lists, which is something that Apple don't let you do. Um, I've forgotten quite what the percentage of um, uh, what the percentage that Substack charge uh, is, um, but um, you know, there may well be a, um, a sensible amount of uh, of uh, charge there. Apple, of course, charge thirty percent, including the payment fee. Um, Spotify is going to charge 5% from next year, plus the payment fees. That's about 10% overall. Um, YouTube, by the way, turning on tipping. Um, So all eligible creators in 68 countries around the world will be able to do tipping on that platform. Uh, YouTube will take a 30% cut. Mm. Uh, So that's nice. Um, so yeah, so I think there's there's a lot of video, a lot of monetization going on, and um, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting, I think. Yeah, a couple of the other things in Substack's FAQ that I noticed: there is no way to edit your audio. Uh, they don't offer that service, um, and they don't believe in advertising. Uh, so uh, we believe writers should be rewarded directly by readers for the value of the writing they produce. We feel podcasters should be rewarded by listeners in a direct relationship via subscription with no intermediaries, advertising or algorithms. There you go. Mm, Fancy. Yeah. Uh, Interesting to watch what happens with uh, Substack and indeed, you know, Medium is planning, which is very similar, is planning um, uh, audio in there as well and various other things. So, um, yeah, I think it's an interesting time for creators who up until now, really the only option that they've had is to have um, you know ugly advertising on their uh, pages and that does change the type of content that you end up writing and I think it's really interesting now seeing a bunch of these tools enabling you to avoid advertising and to focus on a different method of earning uh, earning money from your uh, creativity and I think that's a good thing. Now moving on Apple Collections. Uh, Apple has launched three new Apple Podcast Collections for listeners to discover new and popular podcasts covering true crime, which they've called Dark Side, culture, to be TBH. <laughs> what does that mean? To be honest, Grandad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> okay, lols for the people who are over 55. <laughs> and, uh, and entertainment, which they've called Popped. Clearly, uh, I'm not with it, kids. The collections will be updated weekly and are available for listeners only in the US and Canada. Uh, and you can browse and search for them in the app. James, ah. why are they doing this? Uh, f- firstly, I can update you on only in the US and Canada. I asked Apple, why have you blocked these lists from other countries? Um, and quietly, Apple have unblocked them. Because uh, there's, there's no reason. See for what them to power you wield, James. Look, I did a thing. 
Um, yes, yeah, so you'll be able to follow those links now from anywhere in the world. They'll obviously only promote them in the US and Canada because that's what they're for. Um, but if you find the link from, you know, Pod News or from your favourite um, tech news uh, website, uh, which covers everything that Apple does with excitement, uh, then at least that link will now work for you, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's just a new uh, method of discovery and helping people find new shows. I think it's very canny clever of them to have put together you know here's um, lots of great true crime podcasts here's lots of great culture podcasts and so on and so forth so i think that's a bright uh, move um, and uh, it's uh, the latest in a list of things that um, apple have done in terms of helping people find new shows hmm. well they've also apple podcast has launched a new listening report for paid subscriptions one of your criticisms, James, from the Pod News Report Card. Tell me more. Yes, uh, it's not necessarily one of my criticisms, but it's one of the criticisms that some people had, uh, which was that um, uh, they weren't getting enough. Um, they weren't getting enough reports. Um, from the paid subscription side of um, Apple Podcasts, and so um, Apple have added those, which is nice. Um, I mean, perhaps that's something else that we fixed. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, um, so, uh, yeah, so you can download all kinds of uh, reports now. I've had a look at a few of them, and they are um, and they're quite nice and detailed, uh, which is nice. Um, and also, um, if you are selling your podcasts using paid subscriptions, Coming up in a new version of iOS a little bit later on in the year, um, your subscribers will be able to buy a year's subscription up front if you want to. And if you're a creator that is monetizing through Apple Podcasts, they're basically saying, go and add your annual plan now because then it'll be available when the new version of iOS drops a little bit later on in the year. Um, so um, go and add an annual plan now. And annual plans are great because it means you get the money up front. So you can actually do a little bit more with that cash. Um, so, um, you know, worthwhile turning that on if you're earning money out of this stuff. With your wielding power at Apple, could you ask them to do one more thing for me, please, James, which is... An Android app. Well, I, I don't think even you can make that happen. But other than that, um, yeah. when you have an Apple channel with 25 podcasts or more in it, can they subscribe to the channel, please, rather than having to individually subscribe to the podcasts? That might be nice. Well, I, I will... Uh I will pass that on to the eager young man, or, or indeed you can, <laughs> given that you know the same, the same <laughs> eager young man. Uh, and uh, yes, and see what, see what happens there. And now, uh, I, I didn't want to make it the big story of the week, but, but it seems to be the big story everywhere else for the week. I mean, obviously, it's uh, Twitter's acquisition by Elon, um, which he's trying to screw up. Uh, with his tweets but yeah. it's i assume will go through so uh yeah he's bought it for 44 billion dollars that number keeps changing on different pages but let's say 44 billion dollars it's bizarre i mean he is the world's richest man he owns i i, I went to look him up on wikipedia and i was surprised at how much he owns he owns an electric an electric car company a space exploration and communications corporation a tunnel construction company an artificial intelligence research laboratory and a company making silicon chips that can be implanted in your brain but inexplicably he doesn't appear in a list on wikipedia of james bond villains uh, <laughs> really I'm really, I'm really surprised by that because, frankly, and he's called Elon Musk for heaven's sake. Um, no one's ever been called that. Yeah, but anyway, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, lots of people who are 
um, sticking with Twitter, lots of people who are uh, saying that they might uh, end up leaving. Yeah, let's be honest, they're not going to leave. But Mark Asquith did a poll on Twitter and 95% are not leaving because of Elon, but there are a one or two. Um, Tom Webster said, I hate that I have to give up Twitter, but I have to give up Twitter. Elon is a blight on humanity. Stick on that fence, Tom. Don't say what you mean. He's let Elon win. That's what he's let. So, boo. Um, boo, Tom Webster. You should still be on Twitter. It's an important thing. Um, but yeah, you know, lo- loads of changes. Dave Weiner, the co-inventor of uh, podcasting, says, I'm addicted to Twitter. I could live without it if I had something better. And um, I've heard a bunch of people um, moving to Mastodon, uh, which is a kind of federated Twitter um, equivalent. Um, you know, there are uh, people people moving to LinkedIn. Can you just imagine? Um, uh, so, you know, there's a, there's a lot of this stuff. You love LinkedIn, don't you? I'm, I'm kind of reluctantly uh, there occasionally. <laughs> I think love is a, a very strong word there, James. I'm reluctantly using it on the site that, that, that Facebook's dead. Instagram's awful because yeah. it's just a bolt-on of Snapchat. Uh, and really, I don't think TikTok has the... Uh, clientele that we're looking for yes no it's not uh yeah it's it's uh it's it's just a fascinating thing uh where would you go uh if you had to give up uh twitter um i'm personally going going to stay there until you know if it turns mad uh if one of the things that elon is talking about is both getting rid of all of the bots on twitter um allowing allowing everybody to see the algorithm and understand how that works and also getting rid of all moderation <laughs> you just end up it's just going to be a, a free for all it's going to be a dreadful place um but in which case people will just leave so you know what do you do yeah i, I had this conversation with my wife i was i was like look you know elon clearly isn't stupid he's made all this money so he knows what he's doing um he may well bring back uh trump you know that's going to be the make or break decision i suppose um but the far right uh you know in america are piling on i mean marjorie taylor green the absolute nutter that she is gained ninety thousand followers um that's just mad um i just think you know we've got to be careful what we wish for but elon's got the money to go and do what he wants and he's gone to buy a new toy and he's going to play with it he but he won't i don't believe he won't destroy 44 billion dollars of value that would be crazy i mean that's the thing i i hold on to it would be, but you know, you can't be a free speech absolutist and also um, uh, retain the value of of uh, Twitter. Th- th- those two are, are incompatible. So I, d- I don't understand what he's going to do, to be honest. Um, you know, and uh, and of course, you know, uh, many Twitter staff will just get the hell out because um, they don't want that. They've had they've had a bad enough ten years with some pretty dreadful management, and it's, it's just going to get worse. Uh, so uh, many Twitter employees will just will just leave. Um, so uh, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, I think. Of course, if you were Todd Cochran, you would be saying, "Don't build your castle on rented land." 
getyourown.com. Take control. It's like he was in the room. Yeah. <laughs> and Todd would be absolutely true. You know, um, a- absolutely build your own brand on your own.com. But don't forget that um, you still need people to find that.com. Uh, and that's where things like uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and Facebook um, come into it, because otherwise you're not meeting new people. You're only preaching to your converted choir already. Um, but, you know, Todd has also been saying on Facebook that, um, you know, nobody cared too much when Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post. Uh, and isn't this the same? I'm not sure it is the same, but I think, uh, you know, there is a there is a point there. Um, that uh, perhaps this is a bit more of a political thing um, than w- than we actually see, but uh, yeah, who knows? So they did do an all hands at Twitter with the staff, and of course, all of I'm that sure. has been leaked out. So CEO Parag Agrawal, um, he said he told staff that their jobs were safe for the moment, in uh, saying there would be <laughs> no layoffs until Musk took over, great, in six months, uh, and reassuring them their stock options and benefits. But when he was asked about Donald Trump coming back on the platform, he dodged it like a good one, because he said that that's a decision for Elon Musk. So, yeah, well done, the CEO. Not going to answer that one with my new boss over my shoulder. Um, he's not going to be there for long, is he? No, 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 no. He's cashing <laughs> out. Um, he's going he's to be out the door. Yeah. Um, but the other one that I thought, um, you know, you talked about Elon saying he wants to get rid of the bots. And okay, I get mm. that. You know, And part of the free speech stuff is like his view is that Russia, China, Saudi are putting bots up. So let's get rid of them. And I, I, on that point, I agree. But the one that I disagree with him on, he wants to authenticate all humans. And of course, things like the... Uh, uh, Arab Spring or or the Egypt Spring um, yeah. and other countries where Twitter allows somebody to remain anonymous but post uh, a, an alternative opinion to the government. Um, well, if you have to authenticate everybody, then those people will be identifiable and they won't be on Twitter as well. Yes, and, and I wonder whether or not he's talking about, um, you know, people that want the blue tick can all get the blue tick if they've been authenticated, but there may well be people who don't want the blue tick. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's... Who, what on earth is going to happen? Probably good news for crypto, though, uh, particularly um, a Dogecoin, um, which uh, I'm sure will do very well. Uh, Elon Musk likes that. He likes uh, Bitcoin. He, li- he likes other stuff. So um, perhaps that'll be interesting, too. Yeah, one one note of caution. I did speak to a friend uh, as well about it, and she said the only thing that is slightly questionable is that Elon Musk tried to pay off a 19-year-old boy in February 2022 who was tracking and publicly posting his flights on Twitter. Mm. Uh, I absolutely appreciate Elon's need for privacy, and maybe that was too intrusive, but having the power to pay to delete and control who or what is shown on Twitter is a concern. Um, you know, again, this is a yeah. case of a rich person being able to control anything that opposes yeah. him. Uh, maybe yeah, that's what uh, he's doing it for. Uh, absolutely. And of course, free speech as well. You know, you can't have free speech and then all of a sudden <laughs> um, say, oh, yeah, no, apart from that, apart from the freely available information about my. Um, my aeroplane Apart from me. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, you know, similarly in the news today, ESPN anchor Sage Steele has sued ESPN and Walt Disney 
after the company suspended her for questioning ESPN's COVID-19 vaccination mandate on a podcast. Uh, She's claiming a violation of freedom of speech. Um, I'm claiming that um, it was probably a silly thing to criticise your employer on a podcast. Um, but nevertheless, you know, she's she's now suing ESPN, so that'll go well. But it's it's all of these kind of, you know, freedom of speech. People don't, uh, you know, people with their different views of what freedom of speech really is. Uh, so it'll be interesting to end up seeing how that works. Now, I was going to say one person who's very happy is Jack Dorsey, of course, because he still owns a 2% stake in uh, Twitter. Yes. So, yes, he's, he's going to make a little penny. But uh, just before we get on to the next story, mm. James, the one thing I did note, uh, there was a, a tweet, um, a series of tweets that came out from Blue Sky, which used to be Twitter Blue. And I hadn't realised, but they've now formed a separate company. So it's no longer part of Twitter. Um, and Jack's put $13 million into that company to create a new, fundamentally decentralised protocol Twitter application. Um, and maybe that's where we're all going to end up on a new Twitter platform um, that Jack's funding, having left Twitter. Well, maybe, yeah. Uh, or maybe we'll just still all be on, on uh, Twitter. I mean, Twitter in 2016 was a pretty unpleasant place. Twitter in 2022 is significantly better for a lot of people. They put a lot of controls in there, a lot of um, blocking capabilities for you to control what you see. And uh, hopefully we'll continue to see that as we move uh, forward. Right. Now, moving on. Uh Triton Digital's been uh, putting out some reports. It's released its inaugural Canada podcast report, and it also released the US podcast report. James, what's been going on with Triton? Yes, so in Canada, uh, the first Canadian podcast report ever, uh, which is exciting. It's measuring 13 participating publishers. So not measuring uh, everybody um, at all, but nevertheless, um, really interesting seeing. Uh, The number one show is Dateline NBC, so it's not even a show from Canada. But the number one Canadian podcast in English is The Current from CBC Radio. CBC run 28 of the top 30 Canadian podcasts in English. So CBC are doing some really good work there. Radio Canada, which is the other half of the CBC, but for the French speakers, um, they're only running 14 of the top 30, but still, that's still 50% or near enough. And they have Le Radio Journal, which is the number one um, there. So great to see that um, detail coming out. Similarly, um, the US podcast report for March from Triton Digital um, is also out. SXM Media, which is uh, Sirius XM, remaining number one for podcasts ahead of NPR, who move up to number two in there. Um, I find it interesting that the ranker measures participating publishers only and iHeartMedia-owned Triton Digital doesn't measure iHeartMedia, <laughs> which I always like mentioning because uh, it kind of does lead you to question whether or not if they were to measure iHeartMedia, would iHeartMedia be number one or number two? And I have a suspicion it would be number two because that's what Edison Research says too. Okay, now uh, at the end of uh, last week's show, we touched on it briefly, but of course um, it all came out. Ofcom here in the UK, who is the regulator for media, has published the results of its UK podcast survey. Um, 
And one of the highlights was 25% of Brits listen to podcasts each week, which is the same figure as reported in the Edison Research Infinite Dial UK report. So that seems uh, pretty even, Stephen. Um, one of the other things that came out of it was the most popular reason to stop listening to a podcast is I can't find anything that interests me with I don't have enough time being close second. It seems odd when you've got 4.3 million podcasts that you can't find anything that interests you. Yeah, I, th- I think that's interesting. I also think that the I don't have enough time is an issue of the <clears> fact that quite a lot of podcasts are too long. Oh, stop now. Stop. That's it. Over. <laughs> nice to see you. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> I think in the fullness of time, in over the next couple of years, I think unless podcasting is quite careful about this, um, then I think podcasting will get a bad rap for just being a bit too long and a bit too flabby. And I think if there's one thing that radio has understood, it's getting rid of the chaff and really focusing on the uh, on the wheat, uh, really focusing on the important things. Um, the other uh, bits of information uh, out of that was that Spotify is the clear leader in the UK for apps and websites used to listen to podcasts. 41% of people use it. BBC Sounds and YouTube are number two and number three. Apple Podcasts at number, tw- uh, number four with 23% of people using that, which is uh, interesting too as an alternative uh last week sounds profitable wrote a really interesting report by kyla Littman on why do people listen to podcasts um i have to say it was a really good in-depth report um and clearly it highlighted a number of reasons why we all do listen so um do have a read of that i'll put it in the show notes indeed and you should be subscribing at soundsprofitable.com uh, lots of um uh winners of awards going on the new york festivals were announced uh, the new york festival radio awards i should give them their proper name which also contains recognition for podcasts they announced their winners this week uh, good news sam more awards were won by uk companies than those in the us which possibly says a lot wow. about us radio but still there we go Uh, The winners of the Webby Awards were also announced. 83 winners in the podcast category. Wowee. Song Exploder got lots of awards. Well done, Song Exploder. Uh, The Corporate Content Awards um, gave a uh, podcast award to Business Unusual, which is a branded podcast uh, produced for Vodafone Business by Listen. Um, And, uh, you you know, a ton of other uh, big numbers uh, coming as well. Yeah, now in other news... Podchaser uh, has now 16 million credits in their database. What is... I don't use Podchaser, so what is a credit in the term of Podchaser, James? Uh, So you are listed uh, on the Podchaser page for Podland as the host of this show, as am I, and uh, Ignite Jingles get a mention uh, in terms of music, or rather Chris Stevens, the composer. Um, And so it's all of those. So essentially Podchaser is the IMDB of podcasting, except it's not owned by Amazon. um, And um, and, and that's basically where the... (laughs) Yeah, well, indeed, yet. You can probably see where that's going um but uh, yeah it's a great uh, uh tool uh, it's not perfect but it's certainly got an, aw- an awful lot of useful things uh, in there one of the other things that they have been very much behind is the podcast taxonomy which is a, a list of basically you know what does a producer do what does an executive producer do what's the difference um and working on harmonizing those roles and credits version 1.1 of the podcast taxonomy is now out uh, and Podjobs will use those new categories as soon as we've uh, 
um, as soon as the uh, boring JSON file that we use has been updated. Um, so that's all pretty good. So um, yeah, so that's a good piece of work that Podchaser and uh, a bunch of other people have been uh, working on. Now, a uh, couple other quick ones. Advertisers are flocking to influencer-led podcasts, says The Morning Brew. So are agencies waking up to the value of podcasts is that what they're saying yes i think um particularly waking up to the value of podcasts which are being hosted by um big influencers rather than hollywood stars or you know tv stars um they're being hosted by you know youtube influencers and that and that sort of thing um so they've done a good um uh, so you know advertisers beginning to really understand this world uh, which is nice great um in-depth thing from morning brew morning Brewer knocking it out of the park in terms of the coverage that they're giving podcasting at the moment, which is uh, really good, particularly good since quite a lot of Bloomberg's coverage is quite difficult to read because it's normally hidden behind a very fierce paywall, which makes it quite hard to end up seeing. So good to see Morning Brew um, doing some uh, good work uh, there. Um, and what else is there in terms of the little bits of news here? The other one was uh, Rhodes new headphones, which I bought a couple of weeks back. Well, it seems that Stuff, which is a, a tech magazine here in the UK, has uh, basically said they're perfect. Knocked it out of the park. Excellent building quality. Um, by the way, I have to say I agree. So let's move on to Tech Corner. Um, a, a number of different uh, things going on in terms of tech. The most important one is Fountain, um, our favourite uh, new podcast app, which is giving away free money. Uh, so if you've wanted to play around with this SATS thing and you uh, haven't got any SATS and you're not quite sure how to get them or anything else, just go and download Fountain. It's a uh, smart little podcast app. You'll find it at fountain.fm and they will give you 1,000 sats, which is about 20 cents, but it's still 1,000 sats, uh, which you could, um, you know, get and then press the boost button and give to us. That would be nice. Um, but, um, <laughs> but it's a really good on-ramp into understanding how sats work and understanding how value for value works. So uh, good on uh, Oscar Mary, friend of the show, uh, friending up uh, doing that, which is cool. Uh, other news is that Castapod now supports Spanish, which is nice. And Podin uh, is an AI-powered transcription service. Yes, it's another one of those, but actually this one's pretty good. It's just added an import function directly from your RSS feed and um, seems to do uh, well in terms of, um, you know, all kinds of accents and everything else. So worth a peek at uh, Podin uh, if you're looking for transcripts. Well, talking of uh, AI-powered transcription services and putting things out, we also caught up with Neil Modi this week uh, to talk about Headliner, uh, talk about his YouTube integration and also talk about his uh, new transcription service. Headliner is basically the best way to promote your podcast across the internet at this point. We like to say our goal is spreading the magic of spoken word audio out into the world. And so we build tools that try to make that happen. As I often say, in order to be heard, you have to be seen first on the internet. The internet is super visual. And in order to bring people into your audio, you need to be scene first. And so we focus in on trying to make sure we help people get to the amazing audio that uh, audio creators are making. Yeah, I came across Headliner about three, four years ago, and I saw a friend of mine using it. And she was, you know, up until then, 
people were trying to upload MP3 files to social media. And of course, all the social media platforms don't allow MP3 files for some reason. So I was like, how are you doing this, Tara? This is Tara Hunt over in Canada. And uh, I said, Tara, how are you doing this? She said, oh, I'm using this great product called Headliner. And it gives you the capability to not only put your graphic up of your podcast cover art, but also to create this waveform and to color code it to your brand. And I thought, wow, I've got to try this. So I went in and it was super simple and I created my first few. And now everything we do for Podland and everything I did for Sam Talks Technology uses it. And, and you'll see that across LinkedIn and Twitter. But it's evolved quite a lot since then. You've got full episodes that you do as well as audiograms. But what is the goal? Where are you taking Headliner? What is the evolution of it? Yeah, no, great question. And thanks for being a loyal user for so long. 100% right. We try to help people just get their audio out as easy as possible. And so one of the big evolutionary steps was automation in the past year. And we just augmented that by uh, connecting with YouTube. So as YouTube actively getting into podcasting, and a lot of podcasters have had tremendous success getting their podcast out onto YouTube just because of the vast audience there and just use their algorithms to their advantage. So we've been really focused in on this problem of once you create audio, how do you get it out, right? Back to what I was saying before around how do you spread this amazing content out to the internet? And social media and YouTube are some of the biggest platforms across the internet, right? I like to say usually that this is how I tell people. So the internet's approaching 5 billion users and podcasting still only about 10%. And so if you think about that, how do you get to this other 90%? How do you get to the four and a half billion other users? And we believe the answer to that is getting to those users where they are, which is platforms like YouTube, social media, et cetera, as a starting point for awareness. And so Headliners have evolved over time to focus in on automation to make that easier and publishing to other platforms. And now we're just releasing some other products and a product called Disco, which is focusing in on yet another place people really are, which is on publisher kind of pages. So if you think of it as you're reading an article, we recommend the best podcast episode to consume there. Again, trying to just hit those four and a half billion people that still aren't listening to podcasting and meeting them where they are, wherever it might be. Yeah, I like Disco. I've, I've played with it a little bit. And again, it's a great form of discovery. We've seen it um, on other sites uh, where you've gone onto that website and they've recommended other blog posts. This is other podcasts. So I think that's a really good product. Now, where in the cycle is that? I knew it was in beta. Is it out of beta now? Yeah, I guess we're not good at naming and, and graduating out, but I guess it is actually because it's getting used by some really big name uh, publishers. I don't know if I'm allowed to say their names yet, but... but Go I, on, you're the CEO. <laughs> <laughs> no, not on my side, on their side, agreements. <laughs> but uh, but look, it's live on the internet on several sites, so I'll send you some links, which I'm allowed to do for sure. But you'll find recommended podcasts across articles you're reading. And we think an evolutionary step beyond the manual embeds that you've had before, mostly because these embeds go back to what I was trying to say before is in order to be heard, you must be seen. So we've got this technology that you commented on around bringing in imagery, waveform, et cetera. So we're using all that kind of knowledge and technology to really package up the podcast 
into uh, a soundbite that hopefully draws um, the reader into a listener long-term, right? And all of a sudden you're getting access to billions more users because some of these mega sites, publisher sites on the internet are doing billions of readers a month and all showcasing your podcast in a, in a very easy, good way for them is what we think the industry needs. And, and so far the data is looking really good. Now, how would I get hold of Disco? Where do I go? Uh, well, right now we're really focused in on uh, kind of larger publishers, like all the big media companies. Just go to headliner.app slash Disco. It's actually on our main website. You can just click through to that and there should be a form there. But yeah, you can find it and you can email me as well anytime. Neil at headliner.app. Brilliant. Now, you've also got another product in the stable called Eddie. What's yeah, Eddie? Yeah. We've been looking at this space a lot. So in order, so as the headliner focuses in on trying to get uh, short clips out to social media it, and automation, which I touched on before, tries to figure out the best parts of a podcast to promote. And it does that by getting transcripts. So this is kind of a long, long answer to your question, but we've been looking at transcripts for a long time and using them to drive automation and also just make them available to our users. And so now a lot of our users were asking for, hey, can I get these downloaded? Can I get them edited, etc." So Edit Eddie really wants to be that place where you can do a lightweight, quick edit of your audio via transcript, download the transcript as well and fix it. And we think it has a place in the ecosystem for... Really, I think what the average to novice podcaster might want to use to get out there, I think there's a bunch of really pro high-end expensive tools for this purpose, but the novice to medium podcaster is underserviced in this capacity. Will I be able to take Eddie and use some of that to convert into captions and add them to headliners audiograms? Yes. So there's already an integration from Edit Eddie to to headliner. So you can take a piece of audio, get the transcript, clean it up. If you'd like, you don't have to, you can highlight from there and go straight over to headliner through the APIs we have right now. And so we see it as an evolutionary step in workflow about helping people quickly create these. We're trying to figure out how much it fits within headliner over time or whether it sits as a separate standalone product. So that's to be determined. So our thinking is as a company, we really want to help you get audio out there in the world. And what we heard is two big hangups for that, right? One is it's really hard to promote out there. Again, the internet is very visual. Audio is not. We're probably the leading company of that at this point in the ecosystem. Our estimates have us at over 100 million users see headliner content. And the second biggest place where people are frustrated as audio creators is in the editing and getting uh, episode ready for publishing. And we think some of our knowledge and expertise around transcripts and finding the best parts of uh, podcast episodes by analyzing the audio and looking at the text can be useful via Edit Eddie. So we think the hardest problems with audio. Yeah. One of the things I quite like about using Headliner, the other part is the projects part, which allows me to put in my RSS feed in automatically and then get a notification by email of the AI-driven 
audiogram that you've created for me. Now, your background, you're a serial entrepreneur, having sold a company successfully that was out of automation. So automation's in your DNA. You may have seen Riverside did an integration recently with Anchor, and Anchor, of course, have added Mm -hmm. video to Spotify. And of course, we talked about YouTube having video. So video looks like even if people don't want it, it's coming to the podcasting platform, whether that makes it good or just bad podcasting where you have two heads like us now talking, which nobody really needs to see. Nobody wants to see me, not even my wife and kids. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. Face for radio. But the point about it, it it is coming and uh-huh. There are good versions of podcasts that are video casts or vodcasts, uh-huh. whatever horrible term we are going to come up with. Uh-huh. Um, so now that you're doing audio to YouTube, are you going to start to look at doing audio into other integrations? That's my first question, uh-huh. like Spotify and, and, and Anchor. And are you going to start to do video automation so are you going to take video you say uh, audio is not very visual but clearly video is very visual do you have any plans to move into video grams with headliner and video automation yes hotly debated internally right for sure but uh, the short answer is yes you'll probably be seeing us do more with video he's smiling a lot listeners (laughs) (laughs) i think look like you uh noted this kind of divide between audio and video is no longer there and it's blurring and we're looking at each other even while we're recording this audio and the platform we're doing this on can publish this straight video like you were saying our goal is try to figure out the best way to get audio out there in the world. And sometimes that is video. And the headliner is a quintessential example of that, right? So the best way to get audio on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and anywhere else has been video via headliner. And so now if you're capturing video is the best way to get out there some other tool. Uh, From what we've heard in the industry, it's really a patchwork of different tools some of these creative platforms are starting to build their thing but we think we have some amazing advantages there both between analysis that we're doing via automation and then just the platform of users so we we probably have over a hundred thousand active podcasters on her platform on a monthly basis probably the largest kind of independent company servicing podcasters on a monthly basis and we make 10 to twenty thousand videos a day so all that data is hopefully funneling in to make something for video interesting but i would like to say that just adding on video isn't as straightforward as it sounds video is a different medium we know that because we generate tons of it every day and it's a beast just file sizes we're all familiar with but just rendering and what you can pick up from from video and using those signals are important to our automation and so we're trying to be smart about what we do with video and not just try to throw some small offering out there. But I think you'll see it this year. Cool. There are a couple of interesting companies doing it. Obviously, your integration with YouTube uh, certainly gets a lot of attention. But Adori Labs, who are at Podcast Movement, are demoing quite often how they're adding AI capability to audio to create video slideshows, fundamentally. Yep. Um, yep. Clever FM, another company that I think have done a good job, they take the audio and they use AI in the background to go and find the links to the transcript. So someone's talking about, I don't know, um, a particular product and they'll put a smart card 
related to that product that you can link through. You talked about Eddie and the transcript. I think there's a great opportunity to then also within the transcript, make the transcript more than just a plain text file, but to make mm-hmm. it a hypertext. Maybe use HTML, who knew? Where it has a hyperlink within the transcript suddenly because the AI is intelligent enough to work out that the transcript the reference that you've just made is actually to a external link. Those are the sorts of things you can do, I think, yeah. to enhance where a transcript value is just not for hard of hearing people can read right. the transcript. So I think we're going to see quite an evolution in the way that I think transcripts are used, but also the way that AI is used to use that to make it much more intelligent. Yeah, I think you're right. And we're at the early kind of innings of this stuff, right? Because transcript quality has really improved over the last few years. So when we looked at this stuff in 2019, I think Headliner V1 came out in early 2018. So when we were looking at transcripts back then, there's a lot of open questions around, is this good enough to even put in front of people? Because you knew the error rates were we're up in the 20, 30%. So you get about 70% quality, but we've seen that move into the eighties and with good audio, you can get low nineties at this point. So you're getting very good transcription. And now the question is, okay, so if you take out, if you have that building block, what more do you build off of it? And to your point, that's why we started experimenting in, in via edit Eddie as well. This post-production process with audio, everyone's complained about. I think that's why you get a lot of people who pod fade, as they say, right? Mm-hmm. Like the work to produce a, an episode is actually more than recording the episode. It's the post-production that's painful. So I would say it's 3x, 3x the time you record. And so how, what are the tools that will speed that up? And like you're saying, augment it to be more value downstream. And then the big risk there and and why I think Spotify is probably experimenting also with video is you can't just be beholden to the biggest one and only kind of video platform of YouTube, right? Because at some point they're only going to accept an MP4 file or, or something, or you'll have to build into YouTube's set of consumption possibilities. And where all this will flow from creation to editing to augmentation to consumption, I think in the next decade or so, hopefully not that long, five years or so, could shift dramatically. And it comes down to which companies are going to lead that and which companies are going to make the tools to make that possible. We hope to be a big player in that whole spectrum with the stuff we're building. Neil, thank you so much. Quickly remind everyone where they can go to get Headliner and where they can go to find yourself. Sure. Thank you. Thanks for the time. Uh, Headliner is actually headliner.app. You can go to our website there and follow to use traditional Headliner, probably the best tool on the internet for promoting your podcast, uh, make videos to get out to everywhere else. And then for Disco, recommending podcasts for bigger media companies, there's a link right there on our site. And then Edit Eddie, actually, it's just gone into MVP, so we actually don't have a link on our website, but it's E-D-I-T edy.com so edit eddie uh, com. but we'll get a link up on our site and then for me yeah it's just neil n-e-i-l at headliner.app brilliant neil thank you so much thank you thanks for the time Neil Modi from Headliner. Uh, really good to uh, hear him. Now it's time for Boostergram Corner. Go podcasting! 
Yes, Boostergram Corner. Um, and uh, let me read the first one. It's from Dave Jones, who's given us a big rush boost of 21,112 sats. And he says, I never heard the term wodge before. Wodge. But I like it. I can hear David Attenborough describing a wodge of emperor penguins huddled and clutching their eggs in the naked and howling Arctic landscape. Can you, Dave? That's, that's, that's good. I happened on a very funny video uh, where somebody has uh, managed to get a voice print of David Attenborough and ends up making him say ridiculous things, uh, which is good. Um, we should, uh, you should uh, take a, um, uh, a look for that in uh, YouTube. Here's a little clip of it. An owl can turn its head more than 360 degrees, but then it falls off. This accounts for 64% of owl deaths. It's very good uh, and very funny. So anyway, uh, Dave, thank you so much for that. Uh, much appreciated. And before we move on, James, just a quick one. Dave, hope your son's okay. Oh, yes. Uh, and that he's getting better. Yes, uh, indeed. All our thoughts from both James and I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. Now, someone's thankfully sent me a Sam Booster, 726 sats. Thank you so much for interviewing the team at Headliner, hoping they add functionality to automatically add a video to a specific playlist on YouTube so that you don't have to go back in and edit it every day. Overall, I'm appreciating their product, Justin. Thank you so much from the Optimal Living Daily Podcast Network. Well, Justin, if you listen to the interview this week, you'll probably find a few other things that they're doing as well with Headliner. Yeah, which is really good. And this time last week, we were talking about uh, Buzzsprout's uh, job um, running their YouTube channel, and we were laughing... (laughs) laughing at the incredibly generous 15 days of um of of a holiday and uh, this is clearly this has clearly got both uh, alban and kevin um a little bit worked up a uh, thousand sets from alban thank you uh, thank you for talking about our youtube job i was cracking up listening to you roasting us labor policies and practices yes absolutely that's exactly what we were doing um and kevin <laughs> says 15 days of personal time off plus 10 holidays americans get into trouble if we take more than that thanks for the shout out well what we get in europe let me tell you kevin 25 days plus eight public holidays so more than you guys and in fact here in queensland in australia we get nine public holidays a year oh no james correction we get nine now the the queen's platinum jubilee looks like they're going to add another bank holiday and that's going to be permanently on the record permanently on the record wow boris johnson best best prime minister ever (laughs) so what's happening for you this week in uh, podland sam uh very quickly james strangely i've got my hands on a red double decker open top bus for my festival season so river radio has now a (laughs) red double decker bus downstairs will be a mobile studio and upstairs is a drinking bar excellent use of the double decker bus i think Oh, I love that. That's just like, uh, so you've now got a bus, you've got a barge, your yep. beer barge. The crafty yeah. tug, yep. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you, you, oh, it's, just, uh, it's, it's, it's just non-stop, uh, it's just non-stop <laughs> acquisitions for the Sam Sethi. Uh Yeah, it's incredible. I tell you, tax write-offs, they're amazing. <laughs> Wowie. Uh, and are you meeting, meeting up with anybody exciting? Well, only for people of our age, you might know. Everyone else is going to be going who, but I'm meeting Bruno Brooks for breakfast this morning, straight after this podcast. Radio One Stereo Top 40. You got the look. Gets the highest climber at 19. Here's a new entry for five star. Number 18. 
Um, and last night I was kindly invited on to Harry Duran's podcast as well. So that will be coming out shortly as well. Excellent. Well, I'm looking forward to Harry Duran's podcast and also Bruno Brooks to pass on my regards. He's a top man. Here's a new entry, the High Tech 3 featuring Yankee K. Spin that wheel, go straight in at number 40. I have been learning what I'm doing at the podcast show 2022 in London, which is good. And uh, previous to that, I will be in Sweden in uh, at Sweden and Denmark, not Sweden, in Denmark. They're two separate countries, James, um, for Radio Days Europe. I'm looking forward to that as well. And I've been busy trying to work out whether or not I need any COVID tests or anything before I fly. And the answer seems to be no. So that's good. Um, One word that you need to learn, James, if you are going to Denmark is Ultak. Oh, what's that? Beer, please. Oh, beer. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. Yes, that's all you need to know. Everything else is irrelevant. And also, I've been promised a sausage. Um, because I will be at, uh, I will be in um, Sweden uh, when the Australians go to vote. And this is the first general election in Australia. It's the federal election, but it's the first federal election that I will ever be able to vote in in Australia since I'm now an Australian. Uh, and so now I don't know whether you can see this, uh, Sam, but um, uh, I've got here uh, my postal votes. So this is my postal vote, my tiny little, how, how big is this? Uh, it's an A5, I'd say. Yeah, A5-ish. Uh, so that's that's for my federal MP. And then I've got um, this voting form, <laughs> which is from for my for the member uh, for my <laughs> member in the Senate. <laughs> How big is this, Sam? Well, so far, I think it could go across a high street banner. I mean, it's just massive. Yeah, it's more than a metre long, this thing, um, which is, you know, a number of feet for the Americans listening. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, quite, quite a thing. So I'm looking forward to voting over the next couple of days and um, then putting it in, a, uh, <laughs> in an envelope and seeing what happens. But anyway, uh, that's it for this week. If you like Podland, tell others to visit and tell your friends on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, or, um, you know, uh, Mastodon or wherever. <laughs> You can also email us at comment at podland.news. You'll also find all of our previous shows and interviews at podland.news. If you want daily news, you should get Pod News. The newsletter is free at podnews.net. The podcast can be found in your podcast app. And all the stories we've discussed on Podland today are in the show notes. We use chapters and transcripts too. Our music is from Ignite Jingles and we're hosted and sponsored by our good friends at Buzzsprout. And if you've got to the end of this podcast, we will be announcing next week where we're having our secret drinks in London just before the London podcast show. Excellent. Looking forward to that. And keep listening. Mm-hmm.